Support for WFIU News comes from the IU Alumni Association, now offering IU Proud, a member program designed for recent graduates and those facing economic hardship. More information at alumni.iu.edu join. Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville, fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And from Bloomington Health Foundation, partnering with local organizations and citizens to invest in programs that address our community's health needs. Bloomington Health Foundation, improving health and well-being takes a community. More at bloomhf.org. Welcome to Noon Edition on WFIU. I'm your host, Bob Zaltzberg, co-hosting with WFIU, WTIU News Bureau Chief Sarah Whitmire. This week, we're talking about what a summer in Bloomington will look like as COVID cases experience a lull. We have four guests with us joining us by Zoom. Again, we're still not back in person. We hope to be soon. We have Mike McAfee, the Executive Director of Visit Bloomington, Aaron Predmore, the President and CEO of the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce, Stacy Weatherholt, who's the Hospitality Director of Oliver Winery, and Zach Malam, who is the host of the Wampler House Bed and Breakfast here in Bloomington. You can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition, and you can send us your questions there. You can also send us questions for the show at news at indiana.edu. Thank you all for being here with us today. Always a pleasure to have you and to talk about tourism in our area and hospitality in our area. I want to start um, with Mike McAfee. Mike, how bad has it been since COVID hit? Hi, Bob. Um, thank, thanks for having us on, first of all. And I want to say hi to uh, all of my other um, uh, guests on the show, all great people. And it's great to be on there here with them. Um, Zach, haven't seen Zach forever. So uh, just a big shout out to everybody. But but Bob, you know what? Um, um, we're in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, and home of the most recession tough attraction in the Midwest, Indiana University. So um, I want to give a shout out to Indiana University for the way they have um, handled COVID-19 and with the students, it will be um, a decade from now, we will be reading case studies of that's the way you do it. So uh, just a huge uh, shout out to them. They have been one of the MVPs and and have done so much for this community during this time. Um, And part of that relates to tourism. But Bob, we finished last year um, about 40% down um, when it comes to visitors and, and revenue and, and hotel business, all of that. But, but it is uh, slowly coming back. Um, we're, we're, um, uh, we're, we've regained, um, let's see, I got, I've got some numbers here for you. We're, we're, we've regained about 40% of what we lost last year. Um, we're, we're still trailing way behind 2019 levels, um, which is kind of our benchmark and what we want to get back to. Um, we do we do expect to recover to about 80% of those losses by the end of this year. And then it'll take a couple more years to get back that 20, 20% that we've 
um, that we still need to recover to get back to those high levels, if, if that makes any sense. But, you know, you, as you can imagine, um, um, you know, rates are, rates are down and, and things like that. So, so revenue coming into the market, which creates jobs and all that stuff is still just lagging a little bit behind. So Mike, if you could um, just give us a little education about what goes into that, that um, main number that you're talking about. So what's the number you start with that you say we're 40% behind? Um, just, just overall um, expenditures in the market is, is the way that way that I, you know, the most um, um, thorough way or foolproof way I have of tracking it. So last year, you know, innkeepers tax, we, um, the County, there's a, there's a 5% innkeepers tax that is collected by anyone who stays in a hotel or a bed and breakfast or an Airbnb in Monroe County. So, Last year in 2020, that finished about 40% down from 2019. It, um, let's just, I'll just round a little bit. It normally collects about $2 million in a year. So just collected a little bit over $1 million last year. And so when I say we were regaining that, I'm, I'm watching that, I'm watching those, those monthly collections this year. And, and it's just showing we're, we're up about 40% over where we were last year, which again, trails trails way behind 2019. I, I also watch food and beverage expenditures in the market. You know, it's all, what's the number one thing travelers do? They eat, um, especially in our great market of, of the culinary destination that we are. Um, in April of 21, um, the food and beverage food and beverage expenditures in Monroe County were 27 million dollars versus March they were 21 mil- or 25 million dollars. So, so that's growing a little bit every month. And also, if you go back to April of 20, um, those were only and I don't want to say only, but they were 20 million dollars. So, seven million dollars. Um, um, 2000. 20 or 2020 versus 2019 was the difference there. Does that, does that help you understand? Yes, how absolutely. No, I appreciate that. That, that helps a lot. So we have people representing uh, the, the uh, hospitality industry with us. I'm going to go to them next and then Aaron will, will bring you in on uh, the broader conversation again. So Stacy Weatherholt from Oliver winery, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about how, um, you know, people actually did a lot more or, or did more drinking during this time because they couldn't do anything else. But I'm sure they probably couldn't come to your winery to do that. But, you know, what overall, can you give us a sense of what this meant for, you know, for a local winery? Sure. Yeah. Thank, thanks for having having me on. Um, you know, Oliver, fortunately, um, you know, it has a really healthy wholesale side of our business. So uh, as you mentioned, when, you know, when folks were quarantined, they, they did uh, do a fair amount of drinking at home. So we were able to get Oliver, you know, to their doorstep or they were able to buy at the local grocery store. But um, we, we did close the winery for uh, about 13 weeks. And um, during that time, you know, we began thinking about how do we, how do we reopen and deliver on an experience that um, is, you know, valuable and meaningful and safe, right? The, the priority was the safety of the team and the safety of, of our visitors. And as you can imagine, you know, we, we see hundreds of thousands of visitors a year here at the winery and uh, trying to deliver on, you know, an authentic Oliver experience um, in, in a whole new way. And so we, uh, during, the, during the close, we took the opportunity to sit down and sort of reevaluate what those experiences could be. And um, upon reopening, uh, 
really had to pivot and shift in terms of what we were offering. And um, what was awesome about it was that the, you know, the, the broader public responded in a really great way. I think people were really eager last spring when we started to see a little bit of a decline in cases to get back out um, and do some things that, you know, they felt were normal um, to them. And, um, you know, the, the broader public has been really, really supportive and um, we've been very, very much appreciative of those folks who've come out and continue to support us, uh, right. you know, through yeah. this. Sure. Okay. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll get back to the wine industry here in a minute, but first let's go to Zach Malham from the Wampler House Bed and Breakfast. So, Zach, what does do to your business? Well, uh, Bob, thanks for having us on. And Mike, it's good to hear your voice again. And uh, Stacy, uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that things are going, getting better for you all the time at Oliver because you are probably one of the main number one destinations that our guests who do come to Bloomington and stay with us, you're, you're at the top of the list. And honestly, there's always been great feedback about what you have done uh, with regards to your focus on the, the Oliver Winery experience and they're loving walking the grounds, they're loving doing the, uh, the, 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 the wine tastes. Uh, even though it's not the full bore, they're still coming back with great, great reports about, you know, so that's kudos to you and your team that, that you've been making it happen. So, so that being said, yeah, the, <laughs> the Wampler House, like all of us here in Bloomington uh, and, and around the world, uh, you know, we took a hit. Lodging industry took a hit. And uh, uh, from March of uh, 2020 through August 1, we were closed. So that's 20 weeks uh, of nothingness. Uh, but thankfully, the county, the city uh, came to our, our help uh we we sought it out and we were uh we were very fortunate to receive you know uh grants uh the sba came through with grants for us so we were able to you know do our best to keep our head above water because our main goal was we weren't looking for a handout we were looking for a leg up because donna and i'm that's my wife we own the Wampler house our goal was to come out on the backside of this and to see see it through and to make it and make it happen. And since August one, uh, we've reopened of uh, 2020 at 50% capacity. Really, really stressing and really, really getting behind all the COVID protocols that are industry wide within the lodging industry uh, because we, we subscribe to as many newsletters as we can and social media has been a huge, huge part of being able to carry our message of how we are COVID compliant. And then lastly, I would like to throw in the, I, I really give uh, Mike and your team to at Visit Bloomington a really, really big uh, you know, uh, thanks for promoting, continuing to promote our city as a destination and bringing people in. And this, uh, the, the, the Hoosier Hospitality Promise, which was initiated by Visit Indiana Department of Tourism, um, it allowed every city and every county 
the opportunity to tell the visitor who's coming to Bloomington who is doing what to guarantee your safety. And that's that's kind of a wrap up on that. Okay, let me let me ask um, Mike to he had a, has a comment. I think he wants to to join in here, and then I'll go to Aaron. Mike. Well, I just want to I want to thank Zach for saying that, and you know it was it was it was important for us uh, visit Bloomington, um, and, and Aaron Predmore knows this because we because we work with the chamber on many of the initiatives of you know what can we do to help the community during COVID, and and obviously help our partners like Zach, but um, but of course we we. We went we went dark and quiet there for for a few months too at the beginning April May June of, of 2020 but then we opened back up we we've been back here in our offices in the visitor center for for over a year now with a with a very strict um, safety plan but but it was important to us to continue to keep promoting safe travel safe messages what can you do in Monroe County um, safely you know, as we still try to invite people here in a responsible way. So thank you, Zach, for saying that. It was important to us. Aaron, so, uh, you know, overall with with businesses, the hospitality industry is what we're particularly talking about. But how close are we going to be in the summer of 2021 to what we um, had in the summer of 2019? I guess, unfortunately, I hate to answer something with the start of that word, but I don't think we're quite yet there uh to the what we're used to in 2019 only just because so much of so many things have changed in the last you know 18 months we're eating outside we're doing um more pick up drop off take out sort of things um different aspects of our society are still kind of running on uh reduced capacity and we're just adjusting to that so some of that has to do with people's comfort levels and uh making sure that emotionally they're ready they feel good that scientifically that you know it's supported whatever it is we're doing that we're taking the um, opportunity to make sure that the pandemic that we do what we need to do action wise to keep the pandemic at bay so i would say that we're not quite there this summer but we do have a great summer plan for the community that does incorporate all of those sort of um great you know anti-pandemic <laughs> efforts um mike mentioned that we've been working on some different stuff and and we continue to do that so i mean all of the the community of um, economic development, uh, you know, organizations and, and that sort of stuff has been coordinating to try to see what we can do to help. So I, I do think this summer is going to be a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be uh, unique in that way. There are going to be a lot of, of um, opportunities for our community to come out and, and support businesses and, and feel more normal. So, Aaron, after when you look back at you know what we've been through, I mean, what. How many businesses, and I, I'm not looking for an exact number, but, you know, did a majority of the businesses make it through all right? Or did we see a lot of casualties from COVID? Um, I would say the majority made it through. I would not say they made it through all right. <laughs> so not to <laughs> parse words with you, but a lot of them, it, it, it really did depend. It wasn't some, some of it was sector based. Um, we saw certain sectors really struggle. Again, I know we're talking about hospitality and uh, that sector was, was very much impacted with such a turn um, and the shutdown just really impacted them, such a turn down, but other sectors really did quite well. And so they're, you know, surprisingly well and, and they're way ahead of where they expected to be at this point in their, um, you know, organizational history. So we do have the, the middle, the, those other sectors kind of in the middle. So it, a lot of that depended whether or not they turned out okay, depends on a lot of times their length of time in business, how established they already were 
um, whether or not they had cash on hand so they could be able to weather the storm. And, uh, and I do think that the efforts that the federal government made with the PPP loans um, and the disaster loans and that sort of thing really did turn things around for lots of businesses you know, who would not have had, otherwise had a chance to make that revenue back up. So things are, things are perking up and, and going to be okay, but we did lose some businesses, that is true. Um, I will say that at the start of the pandemic, when the shutdown went into place, we did have some local businesses close. And a lot of people, um, we, there was a lot of assumptions. We all kind of thought, oh no, it's the pandemic impacting them. And for some of those businesses, it really was about more about timing in some ways. It's about, you know, maybe someone was retiring or, you know, the lease was coming due, you know, coming open and, and they, did they want to stay in that location or did they want to close and try something different? So some of it's just this natural life cycle of businesses that happened to also coincide with some downturn stuff. Um, so all in all, I would say our community actually did pretty well. Okay, thank you. That was Aaron Predmore from the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce. We also have as guests today, Mike McAfee from Visit Bloomington, Stacey Weatherholt from Oliver Winery, and Zach Malham from the Wampler House Bed and Breakfast. You can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition and send us questions there. And you can also send us questions for the show at news at indiana.edu. Sarah? Mike, you were giving us some really great data at the beginning of the show. Can you just sort of address those numbers in relation to IU's impact on that? And not hosting things like sporting events, graduations, and and how that would also lead to an improvement in the coming year. Oh, uh, yeah, abs- absolutely. Those are you know, uh, graduation week is is the biggest tourism um, event of the year in in Bloomington every year. So so we certainly were were hurt by that in in 2020 when when um, when it was canceled and, and this year um, you know uh, IU had it and um, uh, students graduate graduating students weren't allowed to bring um, guests in in person they were they were allowed to attend virtually and that type of stuff but but the community was still full of you know all the parents came and, and picked up the students so we were still. Uh, you know, about 90% of what we would normally do in a year where, where people could attend that. But, but, it, but it had massive implications, as you can imagine, when football, the football season was canceled last year and, 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 and other sporting events. I, I mean, right after graduation, you go to the Big Ten football games, and those are other, the other big events of the year, and, and, and people really plan their, you know, their, their revenue forecasting around those. So when, so when those are gone, I mean, that, that's the reason we were, you know, the market was down 40, 40% um, in tourism last year was mainly due to the, to those big events. So, so it was just massive implications and, you know, really what saved us was outdoor recreation. We, we, we still are very fortunate to be built right inside the middle of an incredible national forest with, with the three lakes that we have that, you know, people came here to escape, density in, in big cities and and uh you know that's another reason why we fared okay through it all zach maybe you can ad- address the same thing there um just with iu and not hosting things like graduation yeah i i actually uh i concur with mike uh, <laughs> losing graduation uh 2020 was was huge was a huge blow to us um, uh, fortunately, we only had one cancellation because, as most of you probably know, uh, people book, were booked 
into 2023 right now with a waiting list. I mean, and that's the way our entire town and our community is with graduation. And the, the reservations that were on the books for 2020, uh, thankfully, um, um, not, not one of those, even, even, even though they elected to, to stand down because the graduations were either on, on pause or hold or whatever. But what we did, what we did, even we offered a, 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 a gift certificate to compensate for the fact that they put a down payment down. So we were, were honoring uh, guests who missed out to come to Bloomington to stay at the Wampler House Boutique Hotel. So they were able to carry those over into 2021 and 2021, albeit virtual, we still had 100% show on all of our guests. And because there was a large screen application set up around town, I believe at some of the hotels uh, where the guests were able to either watch on their tablets at the Wampler house, or they were able to go and, uh, and, and be with other parents and watch their students graduate. So I really commend the city for doing, having their best foot forward everybody in you know including visit bloomington i mean all of us all of you did a great great job of encouraging people to still come participate in the graduation event and uh it, it was really nice and now they're all geared up and psyching up for parent weekends football season is coming i mean the the schedule is posted we're already booked all of our football game weekends are booked september and october till the hundred thankfully is back on the grid. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of buzz and hump going on. And, and as you mentioned with the outdoor dining, uh, what the city has done with Kirkwood is brilliant. I feel uh, with making it a pedestrian mall and extend, expanding outdoor dining for those restaurants, you know, starting, starting at Walnut and going all the way to Indiana street by allowing guests to dine outside because I know a lot of our guests really, really do just like that outdoor dynamic. So I, I think we've all been doing a great job of promoting each other and nobody's in competition with anybody. Everybody wants to see Bloomington, you know, move forward at the pace that we're going. And, and I, I, I see an uptick. So hope, hopefully it'll continue. continue. So Stacy uh, from Oliver Winery, so what new things are you planning to do, you know, this summer to try to encourage people to, to get out and come back? Well, we are taking it one season at a time, <laughs> um, as we've learned through the last, you know, 18 months or so. So um, the majority of our experiences have moved outdoors, just as, you know, we were discussing. Um, and, you know, Fortunately, again, we've got this lovely property here and uh, guests really like to come out and enjoy the hillside. And um, we are seeing a lot more folks booking like our picnic experiences and again, our reserve wine tastings. And um, we're going to take that into the summer and then we'll kind of see where fall leads us um, in terms of, you know, what we might be offering in the far in the fall. Uh, you know, we're again, just kind of taking it 
almost a month at a time at this point in time um, with the team here and uh, remain as flexible as we can to meet that visitor demand and that those expectations as, as much as we can. So, okay. Similar question to Aaron. Aaron, you mentioned that that there were some, um, you know, you're trying to do some fun things and some interesting things this summer to help um, help businesses. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, I'll be um, happy to. So last summer we started as a group, like we kind of, well, and Visit Bloomington, Aaron White and and Mike McAvee, I mean, the rest of their team certainly were instrumental in making sure this got off the ground was the B-Town Summer Challenge, um, which was just a fun way to get people to be able to do the things that they can do you know, safely and give them a list, kind of checking it off and having a competition of sorts. Um, So we're going to launch that again this summer. Uh, We're working on that collectively again. And that should be a fun thing that people could be looking looking out to do. We'll be having that posted in the next little bit and, and be able to, you know, download a card, a playing card sort of a thing and check off the items that you get done. So listeners need to pay attention for that. It's a fun, fun competition. Um, we're going to continue. I know that Zach already mentioned the the Kirkwood closing, but the city has agreed to do that through the end of October. And so that really allows our restaurants and, and other businesses along Kirkwood to really invest in equipment and supplies and expand their footprint. So that's going to be there and, and we can commit, you can know that it's going to be there. You can uh, count on it to be able to plan time with your family and friends downtown, um, eating out under the stars and, and having a good time out there. So they're really should be a lot of fun things. And of course, this weekend, Taste to Go starts. Um, so that'll be a fun thing. It's a nice pivot that they did last year. Instead of Taste of Bloomington, we do Taste to Go. Um, it starts tomorrow and it'll last a week. So there's lots of opportunities for us to support our favorite restaurants uh, through Taste to Go as well. How does that work? Well, you can go on to the Taste of uh, the Taste of Bloomington to go site. So I'm actually going to refer you to visit Bloomington's site. Okay. Um, because they've got it down there. Uh, and you can essentially, they've got their menus already set uh, for the Taste of Bloomington to go. And then from that, you can pick the things that you want based on each of their opportunities, their offerings for the, um, their special menus, basically for the Taste of Bloomington to go. Okay, great. We've had some questions come in. Um, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to sort of uh, have a general question, then I'll get to these specific ones. But, you know, we've had a lot of debate about mask wearing and, um, you know, whether people should wear masks, shouldn't wear masks if you're, and if you're vaccinated, do you need to wear a mask anymore? So Zach and and Stacy, from your perspectives uh, with the individual businesses, you know, how well have we done in keeping people safe and how comfortable do you feel now that um, enough people are vaccinated that we can go without masks? Zach? Well, okay. Uh, all right. I'll, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, you know, it's a, Bob, it, 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 it's just, it's a tough one because of the fact that, you know, it's an honor system. If you're double vaxxed, the word on the street is you don't need to wear a mask. If you're not vaxxed, you need to wear a mask. So it's like you're sharing airspace with somebody who you're hoping is going to be sharing your, your same esprit de corps. Well, the, the way that it's been rolled out now in the city and in the county is they're leaving it up to individual restaurants to decide 
who's masked, who isn't. I know the other day when I was downtown bookstore wanted the sign said, you know, masks required upon entry. Well, and there's been no pushback. So hopefully God willing, there won't be pushback. Well, for us at the Wampler House, what, what we've elected to do is, is get in step with the industry and with the county and the state. And that is masks are recommended, but not required. And so we're just leaving it up to the intelligentsia to, to, to do what they feel is right. Donna and I are masked. When guests come check into the Wampler House, we are masked. We have still all of our COVID protocols in place, Bob. We have uh, hand sanitizer stations, there's signage, reminding people to social distance, to respect people's space. Um, and there hasn't been any pushback. Uh, and we just, you know, we, we just, we want people to feel comfortable, but at the same time, we, we want to follow what is happening as far as the guidelines. And so it, 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 it's kind of such a gray area. Okay, Stacy, and uh, then either Aaron or Mike, if you have anything you want to add, you're, of course, feel free. Yeah, here at Oliver, you know, we, we've been in step with CDC guidelines, rural county guidelines throughout, obviously, the, the pandemic. And um, I think, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, our, our number one uh, priority was how do we deliver on experiences that are safe for um, the public as well as for our team, right? And um, we did encourage our team to get vaccinated. We even held on to um, mandating, I'll use the word mandating, um, or requesting that guests continue to wear masks uh, even once um, it was lifted uh, via uh, the sort of the CDC guidelines for those who are vaccinated, um, just to allow our team a little bit more time to become fully vaccinated. Um, we, I will echo what Zach said in terms of we still have um, social distancing, you know, uh, happening within the taste room in our spaces. Our seating capacity is not at 100% and that's intentional. Um, you know, we still have plexi up between the guests and, and the folks that are cash registers and things. So we are, we're definitely still um, taking measures to try to ensure the safest experience all the way around. Um, and um, it, it has been a little bit tough to navigate, especially when you've got mixed messages potentially coming from different organizations. So it, it has been difficult for, I would say, the hospitality industry, speaking as a whole, to kind of navigate that. But, um, you know, it, it, uh, it, you know, for the most part, I would say, you know, the public has been really supportive um, and, and uh, falling, you know, in line with what we're expecting from them and what they're expecting from us. So. Let's go to Aaron and then Mike, and then I think Sarah has a question. So, Aaron. Yeah, I just I just wanted to say that I love how Zach is still wearing masks for his guests and, and Stacy's having, you know, still putting up some of the social distancing, you know, cues, because that's kind of what it is right now, right? So the plexiglass and the and the social distancing stickers and things like that. And one of the reasons I say that that's so great is there are going to be individuals in our community and visitors that are not going to be able to be vaccinated um, for whatever reason. And we need to be able to be welcoming to them and help them feel comfortable, you know, by having some other people masked around them. We, we did our Women Excel Bloomington event 
uh, just a, a couple few weeks ago, I guess, and um, we, we had staff masked. And the reason was we wanted others who needed to be masked to at least feel like they weren't the only ones in the room um, that were wearing a mask. And it was fascinating to see everybody as they came in, they would just sort of smile and, and you know, they check in with us. They would say, oh, do, do I need to wear a mask? And, and they had theirs with them. They were ready to comply. Um, they wanted it to be a successful event. And I'll just say, I think that's what our community does. I think we're very, very lucky that people are um, kind and considerate to each other. We've really seen with, you know, good communication and, and expectations shared that people are really responding. And I just love that Zach and Stacy's teams are, are leading the way in that way too, because it's sending cues and, and guidelines to the community and, and people are responding in safe ways, which is great. Hey, Mike. I saw the, the CEOs for two major hotel chains speak last week, and they said that uh, the, the two biggest challenges for them, one are labor challenges, which continue, but the second one is um, meeting guest expectations, which includes reopening protocols. And because, you know, you're, if you're Marriott and you own hotels in 50 different states and all 50 states have different reopening protocols that you have to follow, how do you meet guest expectations of what they want their experience to be, the type of service they want? You've got one coming in that wants to wear a mask, one that doesn't. So it is a challenge out there. And uh, I think it's, um, you know, it's great. They, they need to the, the, the hospitality companies have done a, a great job of, um, of being transparent. Um, you know, they, they put on the sign out front of their of their restaurant what changes they've made, what what safety improvements they've made um, to the building. So as people come in, they feel safe. Uh, I think that's great. So communication, communication and transparency about what you're doing to keep people safe is is what they need to do. So, Mike, just to follow up on that, how do we come to terms with the fact that there will be conflicting priorities for patrons and then just how? safe they feel to participate and to spend their money. I, I do think that I, I know there's, you know, the, the norm, the new normal, I, I don't think that is, I don't think we know what that is yet. So there's, so there's still a lot to be worked out. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't believe it when I, when I watch the news at night and I see people fighting on airplanes about wearing masks. So, um, you know, and things like that. So I, I don't, we're, we're just not there yet. And, and I think there is a lot to work out. And a lot of it just has to do with maybe that particular business or organization and how the people um, leading it feel um, going forward. And um, it, it is going to be interesting. It's almost, uh, you know, the, the vaxxed versus the non-vaxxed. I hate to put it like that, but um, it's going to be disappointing for people who I mean, science doesn't lie. It's going to be disappointing for people who aren't getting vaccinated, who want to do something maybe later this year, and they're not going to get to do it, unfortunately, because that that organization is going to have the right to not to let them do it. You can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition, and you can send us questions there. You can also send us your questions for the show at news at indiana.edu. We're talking to um, several representatives of the hospitality industry, Mike McAfee from Visit Bloomington, Aaron Predmore from the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce, Stacy Weatherholt from Oliver Winery, and Zach Malum from Wampler House Bed and Breakfast. Um, just to follow up on what you were saying there, Mike, about, about different people and different categories of people, I'm going to ask uh, Aaron first and then anybody that wants to jump in, but we've had this uh, sent in to us, data says that vaccinated consumers are still not spending at pre-pandemic levels, but unvaccinated people are spending at a faster level, that unvaccinated people are rebounding 
faster. Does that, uh, Aaron, does that make sense to you? Can you explain that? Um, I think it, it does in some ways only because I, I actually just read an article um, about the fear-based aspect of the pandemic and for people um, in the way that they were navigating the science knowledge that was being shared. Um, for people who are, you know, eagerly vaccinated, who were, who were locked down at home and trying to follow all of the different recommendations, wearing their masks and things like that to stay safe, I think they're having a harder time reopening and understanding that now that they're vaccinated um, and that others around them are, be, you know, being vaccinated, that that risk has reduced. Um, and then on the flip side of that, obviously, is, you know, the individuals who, for whom the pandemic seemed more of a, a you know, irritation than, a, than something that they were fearful of, as soon as they were allowed to kind of get back out there, um, they're starting to, to do that easily. So they didn't have the fear quite to, you know, to overcome as, as maybe the other group. Um, so what we're, again, I mean, what we're trying to do as a community is just have it be comfortable for everyone to get back out there so that regardless of your um, vaccination status or how you're feeling, we obviously do want everyone to be vaccinated so that we can, as a community, be able to just move forward and, and return to normal. But as that transition's happening and as we're navigating all of this, just making it comfortable for lots of people to be able to, you know, connect with businesses and, you know, order out if they need to and do takeout or, um, you know, do some online ordering and swing by to pick it up. The pickup drop-off um, parking spaces and things like that downtown have been helpful in doing that. So we are trying to, to make that easier um, for, for businesses to be okay and their customers to be okay. But but I do think, Bob, that there's a split in that kind of that fear um, as a motivator for action. You know, we're Bloomington, as as all of you know, is uh, such an arts community as well. The, the um, entertainment and arts events and arts venues have been hit particularly hard. So I want to ask Mike McAfee first. We don't have anybody from the specific arts community here, but what do you, what do you see, what do you foresee this summer for theaters and for um, theater companies and for musical acts, people that have made their, made their money here in Bloomington, you know, playing the nightclubs or, um, or putting on performances. What do you see? What do you see for them this summer? Well, I, it's slowly. People are slowly starting to book um, shows and, and things like that. The Bluebird has got some touring bands coming through. Um, certainly, there's a lot of outdoor music festivals and things happening. You know, at, at limited, may, maybe more limited capacities and things like that. But that's that's kind of what's happening with some of the indoor venues. It's just again. Um, putting in their safety protocols and, and, you know, maybe they're operating at 75% capacity and and spreading the tables out and not selling quite as many tickets. So, so it is coming back. I'm I'm starting to see a lot more um, um, shows get announced and and stuff like that. So I think it's just a matter of, of, of people being careful and, and, and exactly what Aaron just said about how they feel going forward about, you know, maybe going inside to a show or whether they want to stay outside for a while. We've had this question come in and we have a couple of business people here that, and, and of course, Aaron and Mike both work with businesses, but the question is what role do local businesses play in helping community recovery? So Stacy, I'm going to turn to you first on that. What role do local businesses like yours um, have to play in helping community recovery? Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say that with Oliver being, you know, one of the, um, uh, the, the most traveled destinations and right behind IU in Bloomington. Um, we 
you know, it's important that, um, again, we're offering experiences that people are comfortable um, coming out and experiencing that we're, we're operating um, uh, as a safe experience for guests and visitors. And, um, you know, that really helps, I think, to put, you know, the best foot forward for the for Bloomington as a whole, you know, with the amount of visitors that we have and um, sort of helping to set that expectation for guests as they head into town and, and do other experiences. And um, I think that's that's really going to be important for sure, um, as well as, um, you know, I think one thing I, I want to say is just it's been amazing to me to see the resilience and the overwhelming like flexibility that the business community has had throughout um, this pandemic and their ability to survive through this. And it's just with it, it with, you know, being um, again, super uh, just flexible and thinking outside the box and um, you know, really trying to deliver on, you know, whatever it is that, that, that they're delivering on, whether it be food or drink and, or again, an, an experience and, and shifting it in such a way that guests could still come and enjoy that. And so it's been really great to see that. And it's been great to, to see so many of these awesome businesses survive throughout this pandemic. And um, I just want to also tip my hat to Mike here at <laughs> Visit Bloomington um, and his team because, you know, they really did such a good job in pivoting their messaging last year to try to encourage folks to come out and do those things that were safe to do or, or perceived to be safe or, you know, uh, put things in front of, um, in front of the community uh, that would invite folks to come out and, and have a good time here in Bloomington in ways that felt very safe, so. Hats off to you, Mike. All right, Zach, I want to ask you that same question. So as a local business owner, you know, what do you think the role that you and your colleagues in business play in helping the community recover from well, us? I, I, you know, along with, um, along with uh, um, the, the way Stacy is talking about it is, is the messaging and getting, getting, you know, the word to the travelers and the guests and the visitors coming to the blooming bloomington and especially oliver winery letting the guests utilizing everything that's at our at at our fingertips to let the guests know what they can expect from a safety standpoint uh utilizing all of the different and various social media platforms uh, i know i mentioned the uh the indiana department of tourism's hoosier hospitality promise but but uh, Air, um, TripAdvisor and Expedia and uh, Google have all requested over the past 10, 15 months that you put a, a banner or a, a caveat information on your website explaining what you have in place, showing the guests what they can expect and how you're gonna deliver to use Indiana universities tagline how you're going to deliver on the promise well what we've elected to do since august one and we're going to continue doing it through probably the end of this month is we're only operating at 50 percent capacity therefore so it's that's four rooms versus eight and yeah that's a kit however it's an investment in the future because our guests response 
when they arrive and they see that we're only doing four rooms versus eight, they're so thankful because they feel comfortable in the space. They feel that we're on top of our game. They see that we have uh, uh, protocols in place and, and it all comes through in walking the walk, not just talking the talk. And, 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 and again, I, I use that. We're, all of us collectively are investing in the future because we're showing the traveler of today and tomorrow that we are a safe community, we're a conscious community, and we want you to come here. And this is where I give, again, hats off to Mike and his team. We want you to come to Bloomington because we're a regional destination we particularly at the Wampler House, we draw from four, four and a half hour drive. People are driving from Chicago, St. Louis, Evansville, Louisville, Cincinnati, the entire state of Ohio, and the entire area of greater Indianapolis area. So guests are coming, but they're thrilled to see, A, that we're open and serving a stove-to-table breakfast, which is what we're known for, because I'm a chef. But the fact that we have their number one priority and that's safety. And we're also at the same time exceeding expectations. Let me, let me follow up on that with Aaron and Mike. Um, and then I, I wanna ask all of you to sort of wrap up with what you've learned during the pandemic. So you might be thinking about that, but Aaron, um, it seemed Zach's talking about customer service. And it seems to me that you know, that's always been a key area for every business. Talks about how they want to provide good customer service. Some did, some didn't. Do you think that this pandemic has put an even stronger importance on the idea of how you're going to treat your customers and how you're going to serve your customers? Oh, I think definitely. Um, only because it was such a quick a feedback loop there, right? Like everything, everything went horribly wrong. We were all locked down, um, money dried up, businesses were, were very nervous and worried. And it was the ones that pivoted quickly and started really listening to their customers and started thinking um, of all the different ways that they could serve them creatively. Those are the ones that were the first ones to sort of get their feet back under them. Um, and others quickly paid attention, right? So they saw some best practices, they were able to to assess that for themselves and, and, and implement that. Um, in the end, I think customer service is always going to end up impacting a business so positively when it's done well. And I think the pandemic has allowed customers to really feel connected to the businesses that they frequent. Um, they're making choices with their money, you know, to buy local or to support that business where they know others that work there, they've had positive experiences in the past. So it's again, a great feedback loop for that business. They really do feel it because they start to see those same people each time. And, and going back to the pandemic, it's about, are you comfortable enough to shop there? Are you feeling good about what they're doing there with their um, their customers? I, for example, the local restaurants, if y'all remember a year ago, restaurants did a great job of letting the community know if they had a, a COVID positive server and they would put something, a lot of the restaurants that were putting that out there and being transparent ended up earning so much trust from the rest of the community. And you saw them, you know, be paid back essentially by the community because others felt more comfortable eating there because they knew that that restaurant was going to be open and, and honest, transparent with them. So that's a great example of, of how the pandemic, you know, really did show show businesses the importance of that. Okay. Mike, I wanted to ask you to 
comment on the same thing. I mean, do you, do you believe that we're going to enter a, a new phase of, of great customer service or do you think we'll go back to some, some businesses or I, I'm taking a big assumption here that some businesses have paid more attention to it than others. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that, Bob. I agree with, I think Aaron did a great job of, of summarizing that. I, I do think people going forward are going to make some, I, I did read, I, I, a lot of statistics, a lot of research. Research has been a bright spot during COVID. We've we've been able to get our hands on all kinds of travel research. I follow this company called Destination Analysts that do um, consumer sentiment studies with travelers every week. And um, 30% of Americans expect to change their lifestyles after the pandemic, which includes like a healthier work-life balance, spending more time with family and friends, being more mindful of self-care. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, places they're going to frequent, where they're going to spend their money, um, uh, those types of things. So I, I think customer service and loyalty programs and, and, and doing things with your, you know, your, your loyal customers is going to be big going forward. Let me keep with you, Mike, and, and ask, you know, what, what's a key lesson that you learned during the pandemic and something, uh, a way that maybe your, your business and, and your own personal style is going to change going forward. Well, I, I think, I think all of, all of what I just said, well, one thing I've certainly learned is um, I think um, hospitality and tourism um, for maybe people that didn't realize it, realize how, how big it is, not only here in Monroe County and Bloomington, but all across the country and, and, and how big of an impact it is on, on everyone's lives, especially the economic impact of it as well. But, but I think, I think um, all of that go, going forward, um, being, being more mindful of that, of that work-life balance and, and um, you know, I'm going to wash my hands a lot more, Bob. How about that? <laughs> That's good. But, <laughs> Zach, what about you? About one minute for, for each of you now. So Zach. Okay. okay. So yes, with, with, with regards to, you know, the, the guest experience, the overall guest experience and, and just refocusing on are, are we really as good today as we were yesterday because yesterday's gone today is all we have and we're building tomorrow's success and what we do today so essentially it it just it boils down to continually focusing on how can we exceed the guest experience in my industry it's a guest experience dynamic and what we're what we're doing our goal is is even though we're in the middle of a pandemic which is not over yet is to still have our guests come and and leave a review where our we exceeded their expectations and they're thankful so like i had said earlier we're building tomorrow's guests through what we do today Okay, Stacy, one minute. How, what have you learned in the what has Oliver Winery learned? Uh, we've learned to be very flexible, <laughs> first and foremost, I would say, as an organization. And um, you know, the just our we want to have a continued commitment to the community. And um, as a as a business leader, what I feel like we're seeing now is a fundamental change, long-term change in just consumer and guest expectations. And um, just taking this opportunity to pivot and shift to meet those expectations and exceed them, as Zach mentioned, 
um, is more important than ever for the hospitality industry. All right, Aaron, one minute. I would just say that, um, I mean, what Mike and Stacy and Zach have said are all correct. Everybody, you know, pivoting, being, being flexible, all of that sort of thing. The transformational aspect of the pandemic for all of us was uh, was felt at every single level. Um, but when I think about our kind of our take home here at the chamber, our tagline is better business, better community. And I think that was just really hit home for all of us when we were there in the early days and then just throughout, even as now we're, we're working on the recovery and trying to get everybody back on their feet again. The interwoven nature of our lives together in Bloomington, Monroe County, and just our region overall is is so clear now. Um, when a business is struggling, then that impact, that kind of, you know, shadow impact on, on employees and staff and, and the business owners, the landlords, the other tenants around them. I mean, all that sort of stuff is is so very clear, that ecosystem part of it. And you could see that as certain sectors struggled more than others, or some people got back on their feet and then kind of others began to do better as well. So I would say that's one of the lessons that we recognize here at the chamber and, and just really drove home for us is the impact of the pandemic is just that interconnected nature. And I would just end on this high note. I know I started with your first question using the word, unfortunately, Fortunately, Bob, we live in an amazing community, um, Bloomington and Monroe County. I would say I also learned that 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 just the pandemic was a wonderful reminder of how uh, wonderful this community is. All right, thank you, Aaron Fredmore from the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce. We've also been talking with Mike McAfee from Visit Bloomington, Stacy Weatherholt from the Oliver Winery, and Zach Malham from Wampler House Bed and Breakfast. Thank you all for joining us today for our producer, Benta Boutier, my co-host, Sarah Whitmire, and engineer, John Bailey. I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening to Noon Edition. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU Public Radio. A podcast of this program is available at WFIU.org slash Noon Edition. Production support comes from Smithville, fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And from Bloomington Health Foundation, partnering with local organizations and citizens to invest in programs that address our community's health needs. Bloomington Health Foundation, improving health and well-being takes a community. More at bloomhf.org. This is WFIU Bloomington.